Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we are live. Welcome to the NBA Strategy Show. It is Friday, March 26th. I am Josh Engelman. I am joined by Greg Ehrenberg. We are brought to you by No House Advantage. And we are coming out of the trade deadline with another monster 11-game slate. We have a ton to talk about. But before we do anything, Greg, how are you? Uh, yeah, pretty good. I, I would be doing a lot better if uh, Dwight Howard didn't just inexplicably get kicked out yesterday of yesterday's game for no reason. Because I had for no uh, reason, pretty much for no reason. Uh, just uh, kind of intentionally walks into Montrezl Harrell. Montrezl Harrell pushes him, and just Draymond Green gets tossed. No, no sort of technical foul or anything called on Montrezl. It was really ridiculous and. In the grand scheme of things, like it's not like Dwight Howard was in all of my lineups. I was overweight to the field, but somehow Dwight Howard ended up in all my best lineups yesterday. So I was profitable yesterday, but like my single entry lineup yesterday on DraftKings, which was a really strong lineup, and just everybody like far exceeded their salary point. But then also just Dwight Howard in there, who still scored 11 fantasy points in six minutes. So yeah, I think I would have had a, a really good night yesterday if 
Dwight Howard was able to not get ejected at the end of the first quarter. So instead just ended up being uh, moderately profitable. Fully deserved ejection. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> Looks like an idiot. There's no reason to be doing that sort of nonsense. Just give him the gate. You're a grown man. Go eat your candy in the locker room when you're done. Anyway, guys, hit that like button as you get in the door. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell. All that good stuff. We have a ton to talk about. These teams are going to look significantly different because of the trade deadline. So I see no reason to not just immediately dive in. We'll touch on no house advantage in a little bit. But Greg, are you ready? I am. I am as ready as I'll ever be. That is what I like to hear. We're starting it off with the Brooklyn Nets at the Detroit Pistons. Five and a half point line here, 225 total. And the biggest question that we have is, will James Harden be playing? If James Harden is in, I think he looks like an absolutely fantastic payup option. Probably my favorite payup option on the slate. And I really don't have much interest in anything else from Brooklyn. If James Harden is out, we're going to have a ton of value in Brooklyn uh, clear across the board. So... How are you managing the Brooklyn Nets right now? Yeah, so I mean, if James Harden is in to me, he is the best overall payup option on the slate. Kevin Durant is out. This is supposed to be the last game that Kyrie Irving's missing. They said he was going to be away from the team for three games due to a family issue, and this is the third game. So I assume this is the last game that Kyrie Irving misses. But James Harden with the neck injury, first of all, I think he's more likely to play than sit because this is the neck injury that he dealt with. Uh, He got hit with a shoulder in the in the jaw and this was like a week ago at this point he was able to play one game through the injury then the second game they sat him against the jazz but it was a game they weren't going to win anyway or most likely weren't going to win so I kind of felt that had more to do with rest than the actual neck injury itself so as right now I think that Harden is probably going to play uh even though his list is questionable I think it's uh a fairly safe assumption that he's going to be in so Ivan's my favorite overall payup option slate with no Durant and Kyrie Irving uh, playing if he does happen to be out then we could look at guys like Bruce Brown as a stronger play and then whatever else the Nets end up doing with their starting lineup always weird they always do random stuff with that it seems when guys are out but uh, I assume Harden's in and he's going to be my top payup option TLC the flat minimum on FanDuel 3500 I would be looking at him if James Harden was out and I am going to sneeze at some point or at least I feel <laughs> like it's just brewing but now maybe that because I'm talking about it it's going away so uh, I think I walked that one out of there is there anything else you want to think about for Brooklyn if James Harden is in? Uh, no, it would, it would just be Harden for me, uh, especially because like Bruce Brown, he's been priced up at this point for the, uh, for the, there we go. There's the, oh, nope, not the sneeze. I'm just trying to clear it out. It's just real tickly. <laughs> uh, so Bruce Brown, he's been priced up at this point for the Kyrie Irving news and it, it's, the center rotation now, like, I don't know what to make of, like, Nick Claxton, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan. Like, that's a total mess to me. And it's 11 games, so there's going to be plenty of other spots to target that I don't think we have to go dumpster diving with the Nets. So on the Pistons side, uh, not too much to really worry about here, although they are getting some bodies back, and I think that is at least mildly important. Um, Dennis Smith Jr. is questionable. We'll see where that ends up. He is currently a very highly ranked player for me on DraftKings, which doesn't make me happy at all. Uh, Hamadou Diallo is probable, so he should be making his debut for the Pistons. Rodney Magruder, also probable. have no idea what his rotation is going to look like, whether that's him or one of the other 10 guys that can be playing for the Pistons that aren't all that interesting. And DeLon Wright, the former starting point guard of the Pistons, is no longer on the Pistons. He has been shipped out to Sacramento for Corey Joseph. 
Jeremy Grant kind of just exists all the time as a guy that you can play from the Pistons. He's clearly their best player and it's not particularly close. I think that Sadiq Bay, because of his minutes is viable, but $4,600 Dennis Smith Jr. on DraftKings to me is a problem if he is the starting point guard for the Pistons today. Maybe, but like Diallo could play point guard minutes. I still think Frank Jackson's going to be in the rotation and saving the, this could realistically be a 12 man rotation. Sure. So I don't know that Dennis Smith Jr. is guaranteed to play a ton of minutes. It doesn't mean I'm not going to want to get some exposure to him, but overall for the year as a starter, he is playing 24 minutes per game, averaging 28 DraftKings points in those starts. So that's the one thing I'm a little hesitant towards. If I just say like, all right, Dennis Smith Jr. is going to play 28 to 30 minutes and, and just be guaranteed to be a, obviously not guaranteed, but look like one of the best values on DraftKings. The price point is good, except I I don't feel comfortable in the minutes just because there's so many guys that this team could go to. Other than Jeremy Grant, I don't think anybody's guaranteed to play over 30 minutes. So when DeLon Wright was out earlier at the beginning stretch, well, the end of of February, early March, um, Dennis Smith Jr. was averaging 26 and a half minutes. I gave him 26 for today. Um, I don't believe that Frank Jackson was out. I think that he was just like not a part of the rotation at that time. I I can't picture him being injured. They definitely uh, went to Dennis Smith Jr. ahead of Saban Lee at that time. So I feel pretty comfortable there. My assumption is that just we see more Frank Jackson at the two. Um, I, I think that all of these young guys are just going to see a lot of time. And in the grand scheme of things, I would be trying to give less minutes to Rodney Magruder and Wayne Ellington. And I would be trying to play even Seku uh, to a lesser extent, just find out what you have in some of these guys. But other than Jeremy Grant, Sadiq Bay, and in my case, Dennis Smith Jr., this is not a very good Pistons team. <laughs> no, no, this is a bad team. We were talking about a little bit before. There's a lot of very bad teams in the NBA after the trade deadline. Uh, the the Magic, who uh, might have – it's either Terrence Ross or Otto Porter Jr. is the is the best player on their team. Uh, and then, and then yeah, this Pistons team is absolutely miserable now. But at least Jeremy Grant has, sh- has shown some signs of life. That contract is much better looking now than it was uh, when they signed it in the offseason. Uh, but I, I do have uh, some interest in Jeremy Grant on both sites. He's somebody who's been a little bit underpriced with some upside now for the last month or so. Uh, and then beyond him, I, I want to see what happens with Dennis Smith Jr. and see what the starting lineup is because I'm a little concerned that the point guard rotation ends up being like Hamadou Diallo, Dennis Smith Jr., and Saban Lee all getting minutes. That's fair. I, I think that's a very reasonable assumption. If Dennis Smith Jr. is starting, I think that he's a really nice option on DK as a value play. Favorite play in this game on FanDuel and DraftKings, I'm assuming, is Harden for you. Yeah, it's Harden by a long shot. All right. Boston Celtics, Milwaukee Bucks. This is a bit of a different Boston Celtics team now. Uh, Jeff Teague, no longer here. Uh, Javante Green, no longer here. And then the big one to me, Daniel Tice, no longer here. Uh, All of the new guys I can't imagine are going to be playing. So Robert Williams, come on down. You're the starting center of the Boston Celtics for however many minutes you can stay on the floor against the Milwaukee Bucks, I guess. On FanDuel at 6K, I think that's very nice. On DraftKings at 6,400, a little bit less so. I think Tatum, Smart, Walker, Brown, all looking pretty similar. $5,700 Marcus Smart on FanDuel really stands out to me. Most of these guys aren't getting all that much ownership outside of 8K Jalen Brown. On the DraftKings side, no one is above 8% ownership for Boston. I feel very strongly and differently about that. I would rather get to some Kemba. I'd like to get to some Marcus Smart at no ownership, 6,100. 
I'm happy to pay for these starters who I think are going to play, you know, 34, 36 minutes against Milwaukee. This should be the most competitive game that you're trying to play in the regular season. I like the Boston starters. Yeah, this might be an eight-man rotation today. Like, they mm. they might just go Tatum, Brown, Williams, Walker, Smart, Grant Williams, Peyton Pritchard, Aaron Neesmith. Uh, maybe they throw, like, Taco Fall or Carson Edwards or something on the court for a few minutes. But this is a really thin team after the trade deadline because they traded for Evan Fournier. He's still out. Uh, they traded for Mo Wagner. Uh, they traded for Luke Cornett. Tristan Thompson's still out because of COVID protocol. So, Robert Williams, who they've been a little hesitant to give really big minutes to. I think this might be the time that we finally see him play big minutes because I don't know what else they do at center. The other thing, too, is Robert Williams has been so so effective for them when he's on the court. He's been their best center, to me at least, this year by a pretty wide margin. And I think this is a really tough game against the Bucs. And if it's going to be a game that's marginally competitive, it's probably at least in part because Robert Williams is starting at center and playing really well. So it's hard for me to see him starting playing really well. And they'd be like, Hey, we only play Robert Williams 26 minutes per game. Therefore we have to take him out here. Like if he's playing well, I think they're just going to leave him out there and let him go. So uh, Robert Williams is somebody who I like on both FanDuel and DraftKings. Uh, and then I agree with you on some of the other guys too. Like we have to give them big minutes. This is a really thin team because of the trades they made. Yeah. So I'm a little nervous about Robert Williams ability to stay on the floor in this matchup. That, that is why I gave him 26 minutes. At 26 minutes, he is my favorite play from Boston on FanDuel, and it's not really all that close either. So there is already upside built into that number if he does not get into foul trouble, but I could see him losing a couple minutes pretty easily in a first half rotation just from picking up two quick ones against Milwaukee. He is prone to do that. Um, How do you want to handle the other, like the main guys, the Kemba, Brown, Tatum, Smart? Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say any of them are guys who are going to be like 20% plays for me or anything like that. But I think all of them end up in my player pool, like 10 to 15%, uh, just because of the, just because of the minutes for them. Like, I think it's hard, it's hard to give any of these guys less than like 33 or 34 minutes. I agree. Uh, we're on the exact same page, Uh, like Tatum, smart Walker Brown all showed up like 12 ish percent of the time in the optimal lineup on FanDuel same sort of story on DraftKings although I think Jalen Brown is a little bit overpriced but I think Boston's getting a little bit slept on I think this is still a pretty good spot and then we go to Milwaukee Giannis at the top 11-1 on FanDuel 10-7 on DraftKings picking up some ownership think he looks good I'd rather pay up for James Harden in this spot if he is available Drew Holiday I think is just a little bit underpriced on DraftKings at 7,200 Chris Middleton picking up a little bit of love on FanDuel. I don't totally see it. This is mostly just Giannis and not much else for me. Yeah, and I do wonder if people are going to be a little skittish of rostering Giannis after he ended up being a really popular play the other day when Harden was ruled out and he he stunk. But I mean, with that said, also any high-priced option you paid up for on that slate, they all suck. So no matter who you were going to instead of Harden, you're getting a bad result out of them. So uh, yeah, I mean, there could be a bunch of guys like Giannis, maybe even Luca, who people are like, yeah, I don't want anything to do with them after what happened the other day. Uh, but I think the real discussion I have here is if Harden is out, who is the next best guy to pay up for? And to me, that is Giannis. I am slightly ahead of Luca, uh, but uh, that's that's really where I'd mainly want to be getting to Giannis, at least at a high clip is just in a scenario where James Harden is out. Other than that, assuming Harden is in that's going to really limit the amount that I get to Giannis just because of how highly I'm prioritizing uh, rostering Harden on the slate. Favorite plays in this game, FanDuel or DraftKings? Uh, Robert Williams and Robert Williams. I will say Marcus Smart on FanDuel and (laughs) Kemba Walker on DraftKings. 
They are not the answers that I was expecting to say. <laughs> this one should be pretty quick. Phoenix Suns, Toronto Raptors. Suns, four and a half point favorites in Toronto. On the Phoenix side, campaign at 3,500 on draftings projected for 16% ownership. Nobody over double digits on either site. Uh, I would be shocked if campaign is 16% owned on draftings when we get to locks. I'm just going to put that out there unless somebody is out that I don't know about. And I don't think that that's the case. I basically don't have any interest in Phoenix. Um, You can play their starters, but they're all like five percenters to me. There are no priorities from the Suns. Uh, Yeah, especially because uh, so 11 games slate with a lot of options to choose from. The other thing too is uh, Chris Paul and Devin Booker have been a little bit better together as of late, but in general, I've said this a bunch of times this season when they're both playing, it, they kind of cap each other's upside. There haven't been a lot of games where both of them or either one of them have had like 50. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 50 fantasy points or something like that when they're both active. So uh, with that in mind, it is, uh, it's pretty hard to prioritize either Devin Booker or Chris Paul. There's just a lot of other higher-priced guards that have more upside on an 11-game slate. I certainly don't have anything else to say for Phoenix. So we'll go over to Toronto where they got rid of Norman Powell to get uh, younger Norman Powell. I heard this today on uh, the dunked on podcast. I, I think it showed up on Twitter. I might get the amount of games wrong, but I know that it's equal. Uh, so X amount of years ago, Gary Trent senior was traded. I believe 41 games into his third season from the Portland trailblazers to the Toronto Raptors. This season, in Gary Trent Jr.'s third season, 41 games into his career, he was traded from the Portland Trailblazers to the Toronto Raptors. Both he and his father, at the exact same time in the exact same season of their careers, were traded from the same team to the same team. That is ridiculous and, in my opinion, a very clear indication that we live in a simulation. That said, what do you like for Toronto? (laughs) Yeah, and not only that, but every single Gary in the league got traded yesterday, so there's a whole lot, a whole lot going on. Uh, oh. which so, I mean, that, that's a lot of coincidences, right? Like, it really uh, is. I mean, I know people, I'm, I know there's people who probably conspiracy theorists that are into like numbers and stuff. We're like, Oh, look, this means this. Therefore the sun's going to collapse later in the year or something like that. Uh, but either way, I mean, that's, yes, yeah, it's, it's a lot of kids. It's a lot of things lining up there. Uh, as for the Toronto Raptors with Kyle Lowry, not getting traded somebody who the other day I was saying, I can't believe Kyle Lowry's playing uh, because it seemed like he was destined to be traded, but like something else we were talking about before the show, you, you know what happens with a lot of these trade rumors? Uh, they're kind of, I think a lot of them kind of get uh, made up or overplayed by journals just because it's easy clicks, right? It's easy way to get ratings, easy way to draw viewership. Uh, Kyle Lowry, it looks like there was never any real serious offers on the table for him. Uh, I mean, if it's true that the Lakers could have had him for Taylor Horton Tucker, that's certainly a swap they probably should have made. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker might not even be in the playoff rotation by the time they get there. So, right. I don't know. Something about that doesn't really make sense to me. Um, one guy who I like from Toronto, who I like the other day too, that I think is going overlooked is OG Ananobi. Uh, mm-hmm. He's just, he's just underpriced on FanDuel and DraftKings relative to what we saw from him earlier in the year. 
Uh, also, now that we don't have Norman Powell in the mix, I don't think that like greatly changes on an Obi, but it's it's one less guy on the wing that he's compete with minutes for. Also, potentially opens up a little bit more usage in the starting lineup. So, uh, on an Obi to me, uh, a little bit too cheap on Fanduel and DraftKings, and I love his uh, I love his defensive stats upsides on Fanduel. Yeah, uh, I'm happy to get to Samantha Nobi. He's not going to get any ownership today, so I, I really do like him as a contrarian option. And again, much like the Phoenix side, if you if you get Van Vliet or Lowry or Siakam, like that, it's not going to break your lineup. But none of these guys are going to grade out as essential plays in this matchup. This is just not that kind of game. Yeah, it's gross. I, it's gross. Yeah, and then beyond that, I mean, like, I, I'm not trying to predict. A, a lot of times people ask me, I don't know, this is one of the probably most popular players I get asked about is Chris Boucher. I guess yeah, all I the time, how many minutes Chris Boucher is going to play? The answer is always, I have no clue. Yeah. And on, on an 11-game slate, just just go elsewhere. If I knew how many minutes Chris Boucher could play each night, I'd probably be a multimillionaire. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, he, I, he's one of the few guys in the league that you would want to know that number for, just given the variability and how long he could be out there. Because if you get him on the 29-minute day, like, you might have the keys to the castle. Yeah. I mean, especially because his, uh, I'll just bring up his box scores really quick, but like, he's a guy who has, has slates where he's like 1% owned and ends up scoring like 50 fantasy points. And then there's yeah. other days where it's like, Oh my God, it's Chris Boucher night. He's going to be uh 35% owned on this slate. And it's like, Oh, Chris Boucher, look at that. He's 5,400. He's starting for the Raptors now. And then he plays like 12 minutes. So That's yeah, he's been, he's been one of the most volatile players in the league. All right, so favorite play on FanDuel and DraftKings for this game? Uh, it's actually probably going to be on Anobi on both sites for me. Van Vliet on FanDuel, Van Vliet on DraftKings. Neither one of those two things are things that I actually advocate for. So they are just simply the answers to the questions. Guys, we're going to hit a little bit of a break here. Schedule coming up for the rest of the day. NHL strategy show at 3 p.m. with Cliffy and Josh. That isn't me. 4 p.m. The NBA tip-off show. Kayla, Spags, Ben, starting you guys off on the long path to lock. Three straight hours. 4:45. The NBA deeper dive. Alex Baker, Osimo himself, Adam Share, ship my money. We'll be breaking down this 11 gamer for an hour and 15 minutes. Turning it over to NBA Live before lock. Greg, you will be back. T. McBee, Terry McBride, taking you guys all the way up until 7 p.m. Should be a doozy going on tonight. 7.30. You're going to 7.30? I think we have a uh, show we're doing after that also. We have the uh, we have the uh, Super Draft show, so 6 to oh. 7.30, me and T. McBee. Bang, an extra 30 minutes for Super Draft. If you watched the process show this morning, we did a uh, we did Super Draft Power Rankings and the Super Draft Optimal, so you'll get even more Super Draft content later today. We got to keep it moving. On to game number four, the Miami Heat at the Charlotte Hornets. Heat, two-and-a-half-point favorites in Charlotte. We do not know the status of Jimmy Butler. He is questionable for tonight. Tummy issues. I'm, uh, I'm expecting him to be in. We do know Goran Dragic is out for tonight. I can guarantee you that Kelly Olynyk and Avery Bradley and Mo Harkless and Chris Silva will not be playing for the Miami Heat tonight. I assume we will not be seeing Victor Oladipo as well. That wouldn't make a ton of sense. What do you like for Miami here? Are you assuming Jimmy Butler plays? Because I think that changes the outcome a little bit. 
Yeah, I don't know what to expect from him. I have him in for now, and that obviously greatly changes the uh, equation here because if Jimmy Butler is in, then nothing really looks all that appealing to me for Miami outside of some expo- outside of wanting to get some exposure to Bam Adebayo. If Jimmy Butler is out, then Bam Adebayo is in play. Uh, Tyler Hero is in play. Kendrick Nunn is in play. Trevor Ariza, if he draws another start, he would be in play. So uh, there's a whole bunch of of variables here, depending on whether Jimmy Butler's in or out. Because if, if Butler's out, then the Heat become the best source of value on the entire slate. If he's in, then this is a team I don't really have all that much interest in. Yeah, um, I mean, like, no matter if Jimmy Butler is in or out, Bam Adebayo for 8K on FanDuel is very much uh, a power forward option that you can get to. I wouldn't even think twice there. I have Butler in. Um, we have him out in the ownership, so it's making Kendrick Nunn and Trevor Ariza pop for like 30 plus percent ownership. I, with Butler in, I still like Kendrick Nunn for 4,900 on DraftKings. He's $600 more expensive on FanDuel. And I like Trevor Ariza one way or the other. He's 3,400 multi-position eligibility, probably playing 26, 28, 30 minutes, whether Butler plays or not. I like Trevor Ariza as a value play either way. It's the rest of the heat that I think open up if uh, Butler ends up out. You know, it's very, did you see how the heat game ended yesterday? I certainly did not. All right. So Trevor is, who's basically only out there because he's a veteran who's been in the league for a long time. Like he did not play well at all yesterday, uh, but they just have him in the league because he brings a veteran presence to the team. The game ended with, uh, it was a tie game. He fouled Damian Lillard shooting a three as the uh, time <laughs> expired and Lillard had all three free throws to end the game. So uh, yeah, uh, nice of him bringing his veteran presence to, uh, to the Miami heat. On the Charlotte side, we know that we're without LaMelo Ball. We don't really have anything else interesting going on with this Charlotte team. I think Victor, yeah, Victor. I think Gordon Hayward is wildly underpriced on FanDuel at 7K. He's 8K on DK. I'm looking at him pretty aggressively. PJ Washington, also similarly, $1,100 underpriced on FanDuel in comparison to DK. They're both picking up 30% ownership on FanDuel. I don't agree with that PJ Washington number at all, but I still think he looks good. I think Gordon Hayward is also a little bit too high, but at the same time, he looks like one of the better options on DraftKings. The Hornets basically don't exist. Uh, so Devonte Graham, I like on fan. There's a big price difference between him on FanDuel and DraftKings. Yeah. Um, so I, I like him on FanDuel 5,100, 5,700 on DraftKings seems about fair to me. Um, Malik Monk is an interesting one just because if he was to get the minutes, looking at some of his numbers with LaMelo Ball off the court, uh, then I think that he is pretty significant upside. The issue, though, with Malik Monk is that he only played 24 minutes last game. He played 27 minutes the game before. So I don't think that we could guarantee the minutes are going to be there. So right now I have uh, some interest in Malik Monk, but it's with the caveat that once players start to get ruled out on this slate, he's going to just fade from me having interest in him. It's just kind of like an early morning thing where we don't have a lot of surefire value opened up. Then Malik Monk looks like a fringe option, but then it's probably something that fades away as the day goes on. Favorite play on FanDuel and DK in this game? Uh, It is Bam Adebayo on FanDuel and DraftKings. Well, I don't even know on DraftKings. There's nobody who looks all that great on draft. I guess it's Bam Adebayo for now. Uh, This is going to totally change based on the Jimmy Butler news also. Gordon Hayward on FanDuel, Trevor Ariza on DraftKings for me. 400 viewers in here, 73 likes, not nearly enough. Guys, hit that thumbs up. We need to be over 100. Stat. Oh, God. 
I don't think that should we just skip this game because it's terrible. If anybody turns this on in league pass today, you've got a real problem in your life. The Houston Rockets taking on the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Wolves favored here by a couple points for Houston. Obviously uh, things are looking a little bit different. No Victor Oladipo here. Um, Unfortunately, we're probably rostering at least a little bit of this Houston team. Christian Wood, 7,700 on FanDuel, 8,400 on DraftKings. I think he looks pretty nice on FanDuel. John Wall has the keys to the ship now. Both sites, 82, 8,300. He's got to be in play. Jay Sean Tate is 5,400 on FanDuel. I think he is very much in play. Sterling Brown, likely to see a bunch of minutes today. I think he is at least mildly in play. How are you managing Houston against uh, one of the other dregs of the league? You know, it's funny when you said a terrible game because it starts at the same, at the same time slot and I don't have the run sheet in front of me. I assumed you were talking about the Portland-Orlando game. I was like, oh, that's the worst game on the slate. But you found another game that is the potential worst game on the slate. Um, well, yeah, at least Portland is good. Yeah, but that Orlando team is going to be so unwatchable. Portland's an 11, Portland is an 11.5-point favorite on the road. That is absolutely yeah. bonkers. Um, it's nuts. So here's something that I think is a little tough to figure out is – Kevin Porter Jr. currently listed as questionable to play. I have yeah. no clue what his role is going to be going forward. Like, if you tell me he averages 35 fantasy points the rest of the way, I'm not shocked by that. If you tell me that he's a marginal bench piece and averages 18 fantasy points per game for the rest of the season, I'm, I'm not surprised by that either. So there's a really wide range of outcomes there, especially because he's currently listed as questionable. Uh, that and I think he's going to have some impact on John Wall and Christian Wood just because if, Christian, if uh, Kevin Porter Jr. ends up in the starting lineup, playing big minutes. It's just another usage guy who's at, who's, who's on the court with them. If he's out, then John Wall and Christian Wood are going to do basically everything for the Houston Rockets going forward. So uh, that's a piece of news that maybe doesn't seem significant, but is pretty important to me. Um, as of right now, I have them out and that makes John Wall and Christian Wood uh, two really strong plays as bad as the Rockets are. I think John Wall, Christian Wood, just their fantasy production is going to be uh, very strong going forward. On the Minnesota side, we don't have anyone projected higher than seven and a half percent ownership on either site. I actually did have Anthony Edwards get north of 10% on FanDuel at 7,600. You could play Towns. You could play Edwards. We might see Jordan McLaughlin back. He is questionable today. I don't really see a ton from Minnesota that is exciting. Uh, Josh Okoji is out, but they just have like nine different dudes that vacillate between 10 minutes and 28 minutes. And I'm not trying to predict that today. I like Cat. Um, sure. So Carl uh, Anthony Towns, especially his usage over the last handful of games, it's been trending up. Uh, last five games now for Cat, 33% usage, 34, a uh, game with 23, but then 38 and 30. So I look at those usage numbers over the last handful of games. That's pretty appealing. Uh, I mean, other than him and Anthony Edwards, nobody else is taking shots on this team. So Malik Beasley is due back soon. D'Angelo Russell is probably coming back in a couple of weeks. That's going to really throw a wrench into all this, but for now, Carl Anthony Towns, to me, is somebody who's going overlooked. Really favorable matchup against the Rockets, I assume, with what the Rockets are throwing out there right now. Uh, and he's taking a whole bunch of usage right now. So uh, Carl Anthony Towns is somebody who I like quite a bit more in the field. Yeah, I've got him at 1.4 fantasy points per minute for this game, which uh, to me is like a really, really nice projection for Towns. Uh, he still shows up as like basically just a guy. Um, there's just a lot, of, uh, a lot of value out there tonight in the center spot. Like... Would you rather have Towns today at center on FanDuel or would you rather have Bam Adebayo at 8K? 
in yeah, so in that I would rather have uh, Bam, but I'm also thinking of it also from the uh, DraftKings perspective, where I could roster okay. multiple centers. Perfect. Uh, but but yeah, on on Fanduel, yeah, it's just points per dollar. I would rather have Bam than Carl Anthony Towns, but still, Towns at 10K. It doesn't mean I don't want to get to uh, Towns. Like I'm still going to want to get exposure to him. But then DraftKings, where I could roster multiple centers, like Towns is going to be somebody who is probably going to be a pretty big part of my build, especially if his ownership stays so low. Fanduel and DraftKings favorite play. Uh, on FanDuel, it is uh, Christian Wood on DraftKings, Carl Anthony Towns. FanDuel, Jayshon Tate, DraftKings, Sterling Brown. And that <laughs> makes me really uncomfortable with the words that come out of my mouth. So that's assuming Kevin Porter Jr. is out then, right? I gave Kevin Porter Jr. 20 minutes. Oh, okay. I don't know what to do with that dude. Yeah. I, I guess he's to me, he's either going to not play for the Rockets moving forward or be a fixture of the rotation because if he's getting like six minutes a game, I get the sense that he's the type of guy that'd be a little bit ornery on the bench. Yeah, he starts he starts complaining about where his locker room is. Like yeah, that's, that's like, the reason that's the reason I mean, not the only reason, but that is what the uh, final straw was with the Cavs is that he got in a fight with somebody about where his locker room was placed and they were like, yeah. All right, we're not dealing with this dude anymore. Denver Nuggets at the New Orleans Pelicans. Nuggets, two-point favorites in New Orleans. Uh, obviously, Denver did a lot yesterday at the deadline, shipping out R.J. Hampton, bringing in Aaron Gordon and JaVale McGee, uh, Isaiah Hartenstein heading out. Monty Morris out for this one. I believe it's the last game that they're expecting him to be out. But you know, this is kind of just business as usual for Denver. No Gary Harris, but... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, he got shipped out and really wasn't playing anyway. This is three people to me on FanDuel, Jokic, Murray, Porter. I would rank them Porter, Jokic, Murray. On DraftKings, I'm not really all that enamored with anybody from Denver, but a couple of these guys are just mildly playable, whether it's Jokic, Murray, Porter, Barton, Millsap, P.J. Dozier. Uh, The prices are a little bit better on DK, but on FanDuel, you're paying for the three best guys on the team. How are you seeing Denver today? Yeah, nobody is really uh, stands out as a great play. Uh, the thing that helps them the most is just the matchup against New Orleans. The uh, total for this game is set at 231.5, so that is the highest total on the slate by a few points. Uh, oh, no, never mind. The uh, Boston-Milwaukee game is higher, but so second highest total on the slate at 231.5. So uh, that's favorable. Uh, but so Jokic, the only issue I have with him is that there's so many other payup options on the slate that I prefer to him right now. And that's, yeah. that's not even a knock on Jokic, but I want to get to James Harden. I want to get to Giannis. I want to get to Luca. And then when I just have all of these guys, and then uh, at least points per dollar, I'd prefer Towns also. Jokic just probably isn't going to make it because it's an 11 game slate with a lot of options and can't roster everybody. So uh, that's really where I fall with Jokic. And then it's kind of a similar feeling about guys like Murray, Porter Jr., Barton. They're all okay, except when it's 11-game slate, there's a lot of plays that are more than okay. Um, I'm, I'm with you on the, the Jokic thought process there. I think there are better pay-up options. On the New Orleans side, New Orleans going to be without J.J. Redick as he has been shipped to Dallas with uh, Nicola Melli. So 
for the Pels, we've got Lonzo Ball questionable. And this actually does have some big trickle effects. But Nikhil Alexander-Walker is already 5,300 on FanDuel. He's 5,300 on DraftKings. So it's not going to be the crazy value that could possibly exist if Lonzo Ball is out. I actually have him in right now. Doesn't really make this team look all that good. Zion, for me, the clear option on FanDuel. Um, I do like Eric Bledsoe for 4,400 on DK, though, and that doesn't make me happy. Uh, no, but I mean, better you say it than me. Cause I was going to say if Lonzo balls out, then I think that Eric Bledsoe is in play, uh, five starts this year for Nikhil Alexander Walker, 30 minutes per game, 32.4 DraftKings points in those starts. So, uh, the price, like you said, no longer crazy value. It's not like we're rost- we're rostering, uh, NAW at like 3,900 or 4,400, but even at 5,300, probably not quite enough of a price increase just based on what we've seen from him overall as a starter this year. Uh, so, yeah, if Lonzo Ball's out, assuming that we get a start from Nikhil Alexander-Walker, he would be in play for me as a pretty good value option. But uh, nothing else I really want to get to from, from New Orleans. Uh, we've got fairly uh, priced Zion Williamson, fairly priced Brandon Ingram to me, and just a lot of guys at those positions who are, who are not as fairly priced. So uh, nothing really stands out to me here. Favorite play, FanDuel, DraftKings. Uh, so I'm just going to assume that Lonzo ball is in for the purpose of this. And well, it's, it's really nobody. There's, 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 there's nobody. I actually want to tell people to go out and roster from this game. Michael Porter jr. On FanDuel, Eric Bledsoe on DraftKings. barf, barf (laughs) emoji right there. Here we go. Portland Trailblazers at the Orlando Magic. Magic are double-digit underdogs at home for the Portland side. We know they'll be without Gary Trent. Um, Norm Powell likely not to be there today. But the real big news, Yusuf Nurkic is back. Now, I don't really expect that to matter at all today. Uh, I gave the minutes. I gave 28 minutes to Cantor, 20 to Nurkic. That feels about right to me. Uh, the Cantor minutes are the more important piece. Nurkic is not playable today in uh, on either side, at least in my opinion, this is Dame and CJ and nothing else in particular, CJ 7,500 on FanDuel 7,700 on DraftKings went crazy scoring yesterday. Uh, I prefer CJ to Dame Dame at a 10 2 on DK is a really tough sell 9,200 on FanDuel having to roster two point guards, very much more in play. Are you getting to anything other than Dame and CJ? Not even really getting to Dame at this point in the day. It's it's yeah. with with McCollum back in the mix. And by the way, uh, Fanduel, I think you can make a case for Lillard, but DraftKings de- definitely no, especially considering the other options on the slate. Yeah. I mean, just look at what Damian Lillard's production has been over the last handful of games. Now that McCollum is no longer restricted, McCollum back playing full minutes, and then not to mention also that Nurkic, at least being back, he's going to take away some touches from McCollum and Damian Lillard, but. Dame, who was just a staple of having a usage rate in the mid-30s and also a really high uh, assist rate over the time that McCollum was out. We've seen him have a game with uh, McCollum in where he had zero assists and seven turnovers, and then his usage rate the last three games, 27%, 28%, 28%. It's still a significant number, but it's nothing like what we were were seeing uh, a few weeks ago when McCollum was out, so... Uh, Damian Lillard to me there's just other guys I'm going to prioritize paying up for also this Orlando team I I don't feel great about them keeping any games competitive uh, at the moment so that's something else that I think is going to matter a little bit to me Um, CJ McCollum yeah uh, the the price uh, it's it's kind of funny because since the time he's come back his price has gone down as his minutes and usage have started to go up and we've just kind of reached that point now where uh, I was not on McCollum yesterday when I 
should have been. And uh, to me, I think he looks pretty favorable today. On the Orlando side, we know they shipped out everybody. Fournier, Vooch, Aaron Gordon. I assume additional people that I can't remember. Uh, Aminu. Uh, as best I can tell, they have nine active bodies. Terrence Ross is questionable. That would make eight. Uh, Michael Carter-Williams is projected for 30 owner, 30% ownership on FanDuel. I think he looks like a good play, but that to me is, is too high. Um, Dwayne Bacon, James Ennis getting some love. I know that people are going to be looking at Terrence Ross today if he plays. He's 6,900 on FanDuel and 7,500 on DraftKings. I am not interested in Terrence Ross. I'd be getting to MCW, to Dwayne Bacon, maybe to Chasen Randall at 4,100 on, on DK. My guess is Kim Birch is the center and Mo Bamba plays the backup run there, but I don't really know. I thought Orlando would be a little bit more interesting, but I don't really think that they are. I want to see what the starting lineup is. Like, if, if Mo Bamba sure. starts at center, which, I mean, here's, here's where I think Bamba should start at center. He's barely played since he's come into the league, and at this point he looks like a busted prospect. However, you might as well play him over the last you know, month and a half of the season just to see what you have there. And when he's been on the court in his career, he's been a good fantasy producer. Yeah. So if Mo Bamba is going to start, uh, to me, and by the way, he has been priced up uh, because of the Vucevic trade, so it's not like we're getting Mo Bamba at min-price or anything, and he's... 4,600 and 4,800 on FanDuel and DraftKings. Um, but still, Mo Bamba is a guy who scores well over a fantasy point per minute. If we're going to see him start and play 26, 28 minutes, that's, then we're looking at 30-plus fantasy points for Mo Bamba. Uh, but I really need to see a starting lineup here and whether Terrence Ross is in or out because I have no expectations for, for what this team's starting five is going to look like. I don't think that Mo Bamba can play that many minutes. What do you think happens? He just falls apart. I don't, I mean, he had like a, from what I understood, like a pretty negative bout with COVID earlier. I would, how many times has Mo Bamba played north of 24 minutes in a game? Uh, My guess is that it's certainly not happened this year and maybe not ever. I remember there being games where he was like a chalk play as a starter two years ago, but I don't remember how, and like him performing relatively well where he had like, Oh, Mo Bamba, like four blocks in the first three minutes of the game. Uh, but I, I mean, if he starts, if he starts, I assume that it's because they're going to give him at least a healthy chunk of minutes. Not to where he's playing like yeah. 32 minutes or anything like that. But if he starts, I'm going to get exposure to him. I gave him 20. I don't think that I could realistically go much north of 24. If he got to 24, he would he would absolutely be a value play, particularly on Fanduel at 4600. What do you? What else you want to do with this Orlando team? I don't like. I have to see if Terrence Ross is in or out. So. And, and if he's like, they might even bring Terrence Ross off the bench, right? Like he's been a bench guy all year. Like who knows what they're going to, what they're going to do. I, I don't want to say for sure that any individual guy is a great value play without knowing, like, are they going to start like Kareem Maine? Like, I mean, that's, that's pot. Like, I, I don't, I have, I, who do you think starts for them? The word you're looking for there is Mane, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, whatever. Uh, who do I think starts for them? Michael Carter, Williams, Dwayne Bacon, Terrence Ross. Kem Birch, James, James Ennis, Chumo Kiki. I don't know, man. All these guys suck. <laughs> it's a bad team. Look, if Terrence Ross plays, Michael Carter-Williams, Terrence Ross, I, I think, are starting. I, I'd be shocked if Terrence, if they brought Terrence Ross off the bench. Unless he's, like, actually limited. Like, if he can't play a ton of minutes, it wouldn't surprise me as much. But I, if Terrence Ross can't start for this team, I, he might MF Steve Clifford until the end of time. <laughs> 
so the other thing also that like Michael Carter Williams at fifty five hundred on FanDuel to me that's a pretty appealing price point, especially yeah. if Terrence Ross is out. Sixty six hundred yeah. on DraftKings for Michael Carter Williams. I can't. I can't do that. I I just, I just can't do it. Favorite play on FanDuel and DraftKings in this game. Good luck. Uh, on FanDuel, it is Michael Carter Williams. On DraftKings, uh, Mo Bamba. On FanDuel, it is CJ McCollum for me, uh, just edging out MCW. And then on DraftKings, it is $4,800 Dwayne Bacon. Fantastic. I have named, pardon my French, a lot of shit as my favorite plays on certain games here, man. Sterling Brown, Dwayne Bacon. You would have thought that this was a two-gamer. Yeah, it's an 11-gamer right after the trade deadline. It's truly truly gross all righty here we go shout out to no house advantage the presenting sponsor of this show they're doing a little bit different in dfs because we're not worried about fantasy scores at all we are talking about player props whether that's the nba mlb which is a week away less than that six days i think nfl pga you're picking they're providing you player props you are ranking them in order from number 10 to number one you get 10 points for number 10 9 8 7 6 5 all the way down the line and the good news is those lines say stale when they come out in the morning that is what they're going to be all day so you can pay close attention to those lines try to grab some stuff if somebody gets ruled out you can find better information the even better news we provide not only alex's projections and uh ranking the plays and ranking the props we provide optimal lineups for no house advantage you could do basically no work for free and play at no house advantage and not only that you could download the no house advantage app use the promo code awesome and get a 20 dollars first match deposit bonus it really doesn't get much better it's a great place for you guys to build your bankroll hell you might even run into some overlay cannot beat it beat your friends not the house win big with player props today that is No House Advantage free content today at awesomeo.com. That No House Advantage stuff is free all the time. Can't miss it. NBA player rankings are free today. NHL player rankings are free today. MMA fighter rankings free today. Got a big one coming up on Saturday. Who you got? Uh, it's, it's, it, so I think it's really funny just in general that, that Ngannou is favored in this fight. So Stipe is widely considered to be the best heavyweight in UFC history is an underdog for, I, I want to say like four of his last five fights now or something like that. Uh, but yeah, it's if, if Ngannou wins, it's not going to be competitive. If Stipe wins, it's also probably not going to be competitive either uh, quick knockout or Stipe's ever survived the first couple of minutes and uh, go deep into the fight. And then not talk about this too long, but something else I think is funny. So uh, in terms of this fight, so Francis Ngannou, the, the issue in the first fight with uh, Stipe, basically he had like two and a half minutes of cardio, got tired, uh, and then just got a, a wrestle left and wasn't able to get back into the fight. Ever since then, he's looked really good. I still have no clue if he has more than two and a half minutes of cardio. Yeah. We might, and we might never find out for the rest of his career. So I'm not surprised that uh, he's the dog in this fight. I am. My expectation is that Francis Ngannou puts him to sleep. Um, not Obviously not confident in that. Uh, you said this, and I know that this is not going to be like the way that you think, but it is something I hear a lot where it's just like, well, Francis will knock him out or Stipe will take, take him into deep water. Let's be clear here. Stipe, Stipe can put him clean to sleep, no problem, just as early. Like, we've seen it happen. He's, he's, he's got that ability. 
wouldn't also sh- it wouldn't shock me at all if when Nganu is throwing those big huge lunchbox mitts at him that Stipe just hits him clean with some crisp boxing like uh, that is also very very possible for me but if Stipe drags this fight to the ground uh in the first round in particular it's going to be a long night for Francis Ngannou certainly want to see it and I'm really bummed that we lost the Volkanovsky Brian Ortega fight that sucks because that was going to be real fun yeah also sucks that the fight the uh, card I think has nine fights on it now or 10 yeah sucks I don't want to have to stay up till one o'clock to watch the only fight that I care about. (laughs) All right. We've got four more to go. Let's pick it back up here now with the Indiana Pacers at the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, No real news for Indiana other than just uh, pour one out for TJ Warren's season. He's going to be out for the rest of the year. That's really a bummer for Indiana. I was really anxious to see what this team looked like at full strength. Uh, They got a lot of really solid, like above average dudes, very like, uh, very Detroit Pistons-esque, but probably like a step below them. Not current Detroit Pistons, but like <laughs> when they were good Pistons. Um, not too much that we need to talk about. Nobody in double digits in ownership on Indiana from DK. We've got Justin Holiday picking up some love at 3,900 on FanDuel. Sabonis, Brogdon, both getting a little bit of love too. And that's kind of just who I'm looking at. They are just guys to me. Yeah, and uh, uh, poor one out for uh, Karis LeVert's cheap price on FanDuel, which no longer exists. Now he's up to seven thousand eight hundred. Yeah. Uh, started thirty nine hundred. They they incrementally increased him. Now he's gotten all the way up to seven thousand eight hundred. So uh, it took a minute, but Karis LeVert finally a fair price now on FanDuel. Uh, yeah, nothing here that really stands out to me. If I had to roster one guy on the Pacers, it would be Malcolm Brogdon on FanDuel. Uh, but I mean, other than that, I think going forward, uh, something that we had mentioned when uh, Karis LeVert first got active is that going forward, I assume that Brogdon and Sabonis are going to see slightly less usage in production than they had during the time that Karis LeVert was out. So uh, this, isn't, this isn't a really intriguing team for me to target. Sam Cripps says, Stipe absolutely won't sleep Francis. That's just a ridiculous statement. Have you ever seen heavyweights fight before? Are you kidding me? It's plus 215 to win by TKO or KO, by the way. Yeah, and I, I think both... I, I, so I agree it's a possibility. Even Josh would say it's not the most likely outcome. No. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but to say that a heavyweight can, can't knock out another heavyweight, like, uh, yeah, maybe like Alexi Olenek probably isn't knocking out other heavyweights, but most heavyweights could knock out heavyweights at any time. Yeah, abso- absolutely. It's not like, <laughs> come on now. What are we talking about here? If he hits Nganu with a head kick or something like that, night-night, night-night. Fists, night-night. Knocked out uh Oh my God. He knocked out Verdum backpedaling. <laughs> like, let's not act like he doesn't have power in his hands. Yeah. It's, it's every heavyweight fight is so much variance. That's why it's a 50 50 fight. And it's hard to, like, literally on the line, it's like uh, 55% Francis, 45% Stupe. It's, it's a coin flip. Yeah. He, I mean, Francis's hands are like black holes, man. You hit him and, like, you don't know where these people end up. On the Dallas side, Luka Doncic, 10 8 and 10 9. Kristaps Porzingis, 7,500 on FanDuel, 8,100 on DraftKings. That is my number one contender on FanDuel, by the way. I like Jay Rich at 5,200 on FanDuel. I like Maxi Kleber at 3,800. We're finally getting to a team I want to get to. Luka Doncic, Porzingis, Josh Richardson, Maxi Kleber. Sign me up for all four on FanDuel and very much to a lesser extent on DK. Yeah, the Porzingis price is bonkers, uh, especially because of he's coming off a good game. He's been playing relatively well lately. Uh, and then also, Porzingis always a stronger play on FanDuel than he is on DraftKings just because of the difference in defensive stats. So 
He has multiple blocks now in four consecutive games. Uh, he's also had steals in a couple of those games. But, I mean, Porzingis, we're talking about a guy who, you know, averages about three steals and blocks per game. And just he gets priced that far down on FanDuel. It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, so Porzingis, uh, priority option on FanDuel, have to play him in cash games, I think, especially considering his upside. Uh, on DraftKings, even at E100, I still want to get to Kristaps Porzingis. So that shows how far off his FanDuel price is because he's $600 cheaper on FanDuel. And he's also a better scorer on FanDuel than he is on DraftKings because of the defensive stats. So uh, Porzingis uh, on FanDuel, definitely priority play. Luca, how much I'm going to want to get to him is going to depend on whether James Harden is in or out. Uh, he's in my player pool either way, except he becomes a, a pretty core piece if there's no James Harden to pay up for. Favorite play on FanDuel, favorite play on DraftKings? Uh, it's Kristaps Porzingis on both sites. Kristaps Porzingis on FanDuel. Miles Turner, as per usual for me, 5,500 <laughs> on DraftKings. The Memphis Grizzlies at the Utah Jazz. Nine and a half point favorites for the Jazz. Last I saw, uh, highest owned guy on Memphis on either site is six and a half percent owned Kyle Anderson. Highest owned guy on FanDuel for Memphis, 1.7% owned John Morant. I would happily take him as a contrarian play on both sites. There's no way I'm playing Memphis today. Yeah, nobody who nobody who's actually a, a good play just in terms of projection. Nothing to see here. Uh, for me, there's a little bit of blowout risk involved. I don't know what the minutes are for anybody on this team other than Morant on any given night, which, so not only that, like the amount of things you have to get right in order for Memphis to actually pay off, uh, taking Morant out of the equation. So number one, you need the game against Utah to stay competitive. They're nine and a half point favorites. Number two, uh, you need to pick a player who's actually going to play minutes. I don't know who that's going to be because you get these guys all the time. Like Valanchun, is he going to play 32 minutes? Is he going to play 21 minutes? I don't know. It's random. Uh, and then you actually need them to play well, and then you need them to do better than all the other guys on the slate at their position. So uh, Memphis, pretty easy team for me to avoid. On the Utah side, I pretty much feel the same way. 4.9% owned Mike Conley on DraftKings is the highest owned guy. Uh, good luck picking between all of the five starters for Utah. On FanDuel, Mike Conley is 5,800. I think he's a little bit more in play. Donovan Mitchell is 8,400. Because of the positions, I'd like him as like a 10 percenter, but... I don't really have much interest in Utah either. This is a game that doesn't really exist on this slate for me. Uh, cut the BS, Josh. The reason you want to play Mike Conley is because it's a revenge game. That's the only reason. That's oh, you, I, Did I not say that immediately? My apologies. I forgot. Uh, I think 5,800 is a, a decent enough price tag to where he would make it into my player pool on FanDuel. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I just think there's better plays at all the positions from here. This, this isn't an appealing game at all. Uh, by the way, uh, I, I, I did miss that revenge narrative on Mike Conley. That's not my favorite revenge narrative though. I want to make sure that I get a lot of grace and Allen also, uh, bring in the revenge in this one. Favorite play on FanDuel and DK go. Uh, wow. Um, Mike Conley on FanDuel, I guess Rudy Gobert on DraftKings. There's there's nobody I'm rostering from this from this game on DK anyway. Donovan Mitchell on FanDuel, Ja Morant on DraftKings. None of that is a ringing endorsement. Until we get here, Atlanta Hawks at the Golden State Warriors. Hawks pretty sizable favorites against Golden State. Um, for Atlanta, clearly no more Rondo. Uh, Lemon Pepper Lou going to be making his way 
to the Hawks shortly, so long as he doesn't retire like he said he would. DeAndre Hunter probable. De, uh, Draymond Green probable for the Warriors. Pascal questionable. So on the Atlanta side, it's interesting little team we've got going on here. Uh, nobody in double digits in ownership on DraftKings. I think that's kind of weird. To me, they're quite a bit under or under-owned, whether that's Trey Young, Capella, Bogdan Bogdanovich at 4,600. I like those guys against Golden State. It's a really nice spot, pace up spot as well. Trey Young and Bog, Trey Young is in double digits on FanDuel. I really like Bogdanovich once again for 4,200. Went really well the last time out. What are you doing with Atlanta? This is a really nice spot. I like Trey Young a lot on FanDuel. Uh, I'm struggling with the minutes on the wing, though, because Danilo Gallinari, I think DeAndre Hunter's minutes are going to start to go up a little bit. But then we've also yeah. got Bogdanovich, like you mentioned, Kevin Herter, Tony Snell. I don't think that he's going anywhere in the rotation. So it's hard for me to look at Bogdanovich. Even after he played 31 minutes and played well last game, I don't expect him to get those minutes again. And on the whole this year, he's not been a good fantasy producer for the Hawks. So it's it's hard for me to get there, especially if there's going to be a whole bunch of value on the slate. Um, really, to me, the top play here is Trey Young on FanDuel, where he is under-owned and underpriced. Really favorable matchup against – well, not really favorable because the Warriors have actually had a good defense this year, but – I mean, still uh, a game that ex- it's expected to have a uh, fairly decent number of points scored at 220. It's a slate that has a lot of lower totals uh, on the night. And Trey Young at 8,700 on FanDuel, uh, he's somebody who we've generally seen priced like $1,000 more expensive. So uh, going up against the Warriors, no Steph Curry. Uh, I-, I think the Hawks should win this game, and I like Trey Young on FanDuel. On the Golden State side, as we know, we're going to be without Steph uh, Wiseman and Pool, Wiseman, Pool, and Wiggins all north of 16% ownership on FanDuel. Pool, Wiggins, Ubre, and Wiseman all pretty heavily owned on DraftKings as well. Wiseman was a pretty big letdown yesterday, um, unfortunately. Did see the minutes, but 4,200 again on FanDuel. I have him in for 28 minutes. To me, James Wiseman is the clear best play from Golden State. I don't want too much else, and I see these guys as over owned. Yeah, you know what's funny with Andrew Wiggins? Uh, his ownership goes up and down. And also, he's really inconsistent. And it seems like however he played in his last game totally dictates what his ownership is going to be in the next game. Like, because even even I'm doing live before lock, and, and and if I say like, oh, I think Andrew Wiggins uh, is somebody to roster tonight, just because there's so much usage that goes to him for the season when Curry's yeah. off the court. And if Wiggins played well the last game, everybody wants to play Wiggins. And then if he played bad last game, everybody goes, oh, Wiggins, that's Wiggins sucks. He never has good games. He has good games like every other game. And it seems like the public is always a game behind on him. Uh, So Wiggins, uh, depending on where his ownership is, that is I'd want to be heavier on him when he's not picking up ownership. When he's when he's popular, I want to be lighter on him. Look at the last. Uh, last few games for Wiggins. He has a 46 fantasy point game last night against the Kings uh, for 17 against the Sixers. Then you go the game against Memphis, 66 fantasy points game against Houston, 29. Like he's all over the place. So uh, it's really, there's so much variance there that it's hard to nail down when he's going to have the good or bad games. It's just part of how he plays. Uh, But basically whenever he's popular, I don't want to be on him when he's not popular. That's when I want to be on him. So uh, this game, I don't really want to be on Wiggins. Uh, Jordan Poole, I have a moderate amount of interest in, uh, a small amount of interest, I'll say. Uh, but his price tag has gone up to a point where uh, it's, it's not like when he was priced in the the 3 or 4K range. Uh, but I agree with you, James Wiseman. For the season, Wiseman has been a very good fantasy producer. He is scoring 
uh, 22 fantasy points per game in 21 minutes. And now that he's starting, I think we should probably expect someone in the neighborhood 26 to 28 minutes every night. Yeah. Uh, he's still a rookie. He's going to have some bad games like we saw yesterday. Uh, but on the whole, with him starting at this price point, like he's only going to get more expensive from here. There's no way he's cheaper than this price at the end of the season. Favorite play on FanDuel, favorite play on DraftKings? Uh, my favorite play on FanDuel is uh, Trey Young. On DraftKings, it is Clint Capella. Eric Smith says, let me get this straight. Jazz versus Grizzlies total 225, not a good DFS game. Hawks versus Warriors total 220 and a great DFS game. What? Just to let you know, these guys have salaries, and that is the most important piece of all of this. Yes, because it's it's not it's it's not like we're just building our lineups looking like, oh my God, two, two thirty-four total Boston Milwaukee. That's I'm rostering all the guys from there. Then it's like, oh, what's the next game? The next challenge? Oh, 231, Denver, New Orleans. Then we roster guys from there. It's it's all relative to the salary. So, like, we're talking, like, James Wiseman is only, what, $700 above min price on FanDuel. Yeah. So, like, that matters. The other thing, too, is just because a game has a high total, there's other things that factor into, into fantasy output. So, Utah-Memphis, yeah, it has a big total, but Utah is also favored by nine and a half points. So it's not like the teams are expected to score equal points. Like Memphis is expected to score way less points than Utah in that game, and Utah is a very good team at limiting uh, fantasy production. So uh, there's more to it than just this one team has a is in a game with a higher total than another team. Memphis has like nine guys that play 18 to 22 minutes that are not viable. Utah, fully healthy prices are stable it's impossible to get to some of that stuff meanwhile Steph Curry is out for Golden State that makes some changes yeah so the other thing too is I mean if you look at the Memphis rotation I like you said a bunch of guys who get uh who are in the rotation to get minutes so I have John Moran playing over 30 minutes here are the rest of the guys in the Memphis rotation Valanchunas, Anderson, uh, Dylan Brooks, Brandon Clark, Grayson Allen, DeAnthony Melton, Justice Winslow, Desmond Bain, Tyus Jones, None of those guys playing more than 30 minutes. So yep. it, when you just have a bunch of guys that are playing 24 to 28 minutes, it is really difficult for there to be substantial upside. And finally, late, late, late night hammer. Cleveland Cavaliers at the Los Angeles Lakers. Cavs are five and a half point dogs. Cleveland not going to have JaVale McGee. He is no longer with us. Not that he's dead, uh, just <laughs> that he is not on the Cavs anymore. Actually, that's like the, he's like coming back from the dead because playing for Cleveland makes you feel like you're dead. Colin Sexton, Kevin Love, Torian Prince, Matthew Dellavedova, all questionable. Mark Gasol, also questionable for the Lakers. Only guy in double digits in ownership for Cleveland, Colin Sexton, 7,300 on FanDuel. I don't really see anybody else that is viable here. These are all like five to 10 percenters. Are you trying to play anybody from Cleveland right now? Or do we just need to wait until we get news to see if anybody's out? Yeah, we need to wait. And by the way, talking about, and we're not going to get that news. (laughs) Yeah. But also talking about total for this game, a two Oh nine total. This is uh, by a pretty wide margin. The lowest on the slate. The next lowest is Miami Charlotte two fifteen and a half. So we're talking about six and a half points. Uh, This is the lowest total on the slate. And we don't know who's playing. And if a lot of these guys are game time decisions, the issue becomes not only might they be out, but we run out of guys to pivot to. So as of now, this is a game that I'd rather just leave out of my player pool and then just, uh, or at least the Cleveland side, and then just adjust if we find other news later. On the Lakers side, uh, to me, losers of the trade deadline, not doing anything, but we'll see how we come out of the buyout market. No one on FanDuel in double digits in ownership. Harold, Schroeder, and KCP all just north of 10. 
Um, I still like Harrell 7,500 or 7,400 FanDuel or DraftKings. Uh, Kuzma for 7,200 makes me nauseous, but I also like him more than the public. Are you liking anything from the Lakers in the late night hammer? Not, uh, not really. If I had a roster one guy, it would be uh, Montrez Harold, just because I think the minutes are relatively uh, stable for him. Uh, with this being a tail end of back to back, Marcus Soul potentially not playing. Anthony Davis still out. LeBron's still out uh, on a points per minute basis. Harold is a very strong fantasy producer, uh, but also the price has gotten to a point where it's not like he's all that appealing. Uh, so moderate, like a very small amount of exposure to Montrez Harold, but. No, nothing else here that I really like uh, all that much. And then this is a game where the total is a little bit of a concern. Also tail end of a back-to-back for the Lakers. Do you have any favorite plays in this one that we can actually talk about? Uh, no. Like I, I would say it's Montrose Harrell, but like I'd rather play Bam Adebayo on FanDuel. I'd rather play a whole bunch of other centers on DraftKings. So uh, no. Final thoughts before we get out of here. 11 games up, 11 games down at 11.01. Not going to lie, it was pretty good. Uh, yeah, let's hold off on the crazy injury news today. I hope James Harden plays. Uh, other than that, uh, let's just have a relatively normal-ish slate. All righty. Well, that will do it, guys. We made it through the work week. Thank you very much. Hit that like button on your way out the door. Subscribe to the channel. You guys have been a little lax on the subscriptions as of late. We're keeping an eye on you guys. You were really, really good about it, heading up to that 50K, and you just think, okay, we're subscribed. We don't got to do this anymore. Keep subscribing, guys. It helps us out a ton. We've got plenty of content coming up for the rest of the day. Good luck tonight, everybody. Keep your eyes peeled to Osmo NBA for all the news you get. Enjoy your weekend. I will talk to you guys again uh, on Monday. Greg, we'll see you guys again later tonight. 